Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Welcome back to Scale Your Business Radio. I'm David Finkel, joined by Jeff Hoffman, talking about ideas to grow your business and get your life back. So, Jeff, when we left for that break, we were starting to talk about this idea that just the silly things that business owners do unintentionally that just kill initiative, motivation, and contribution. And so let's just start there here right now. So I'll just share one. Taking perks that they don't give to their team. An example of that might be, um, you know, hey, they, they have their staff at a business event staying two to a room, but they stay one to a room. Or even worse than that, you know, that there might be an issue where, hey, they take off in the middle of the day and they say to their staff, oh, you have to be here during certain hours. Or, hey, I'm, a, I'm not going to serve you. This is your job. You know, it's, it's beneath me to do X. You need to do that. Not being willing to do anything they would ask for a staff member when they needed help about something. What are some of the silly things that you see business owners do that just kill initiative, kill motivation, and kill contribution? Well, i got to tell you, the biggest one that we see is not dealing with a non-producing employee. When you have an employee that isn't working very hard, or let's say they're working hard, but they have a bad attitude. They badmouth the company. They badmouth other employees. Anybody that, that whose presence is negative from their, you know, from not, like I said, from their low work effort to their bad attitude, and management does nothing, employees start to think to themselves, they don't care. Obviously, you don't have to do your job here because this person doesn't do anything and management doesn't speak up. Or if that person is has a very bad attitude and is very negative in, in a non-productive way, and management just allows that, it brings everybody down and they start saying, why am I working so hard for this company if clearly they don't care whether we deliver or not? So failing to react swiftly uh, to that kind of situation, to, to a negative employee in the mix, kills everybody's productivity. That is so accurate what you say. I think a lot of business owners, we get scared of having that adult conversation. We're afraid, you know, Sally is so important to us. If I have that conversation, what happens if she gets upset? Or we don't realize the unintended consequences with it. I'll share another one. So I think a lot of business owners, what happens is we see good things going on in the company, but we're always looking for how much more we have left to do. And so Jack brings to you a, a new marketing proposal that you never even thought about, an idea that he runs with. And we see it, and our first thought is, you know, this is great. And our second thought is, oh, I see three places I would change it. So we turn to Jack and say, Jack, good work, but can you change this, this, and this? Or, and can you change this, this, and this? And all Jack hears is the criticism, the critical coaching. He doesn't hear the, the kudos that he well deserved with that. And I think as a business owner, separating the time between when we say great work and when we give that critical feedback, that coaching feedback, by making a gap there, we help our people get a chance to experience that we really do think they're making good work. I, I think that's an absolutely excellent point. Uh, and that's not what people normally do. So it's a conscious effort to listen to what David just said, which is just compliment the good, you know, the good part. Say that was great work. Thank you. We appreciate it. And then pause. Maybe it's the next day when you go back and say, Hey, I had a chance to look at it some more. I've been thinking about it and got some suggestions. But I think that's great to force yourself to pause so that they don't only hear that. Along those same lines, David, I think the other one, another one is just micromanagement in general. Uh, an employee needs to have a shot at making their own decisions and making their own mistakes. Uh, and when they feel like they're being micromanaged, it's, it's very disincentivizing. 
it makes me feel like obviously you think I'm an idiot or incapable because you're constantly looking over my shoulder. So, you know, in effect, those problems solve themselves. If you don't micromanage and you let the person do their job, they either do it or they don't. If they do, leave them alone. And if they don't, you should replace them anyway. So there's really no case where you constantly, you know, following or checking in on an employee is a good idea anyway. But micromanagement can be very disheartening to an employee. You're right. Let's build on that for a second. So you think about this idea, am I coaching or am I managing? And most people think for managing, they really have in their image in their head of managing very, very closely, like you said. And I, I kind of I, I think about it. I, I've got young kids, as you know, Jeff, and I think about one of my sons, Adam, and, and sometimes he wants help getting his coat on here in Jackson Hole where, it's, where we live and it's cold. And, and yeah, he's going to be turning six very soon here. Now, if I always put his jacket on, then I'm going to be putting his jacket on forever. He'll be a 40-year-old man coming back home for Dad to put his jacket on. And I think as a business owner, we... We sometimes cut our own legs out of our employees right underneath them by empowering them, by not, by enabling them, excuse me, by not giving them some space to learn, to fail. And coaches, they let people take appropriate risks based on their maturity. So, you know, there's a maturity, obviously, of their skill set on the technical end, maturity of self-management, and sometimes if they're people who lead others, the maturity of how they interpersonally manage other people. But, but giving them the ability to have that, otherwise we're going to be forever having to self-manage. Right, and, you know, given that our title is scale, it's really hard to scale when you have to personally help everyone with everything and nobody can go out and, you know, double and triple the workload by doing work that you don't need to do anymore. And you see this happen, I think, with people when they think about, oh, Jeff, you talk about internal controls for your company. I read it right here in the book in Chapter 2. It talked about building on the stable base of systems, team, and controls. And they hear that control piece and they think, oh, it's a way for me to kind of stay in the know and I can be hiding behind my team members and stepping out of the bushes and zapping them for speeding. And yet that's really not the purpose of a control, is it? No, your, uh, your example is still my favorite of all time, which is the difference of uh, putting a, a police officer sitting in a speed trap at the end of the street, arresting people because they went too fast versus giving everybody a speedometer uh, and, and trusting that they can make a judgment and say, okay, I'm going a little fast, I need to slow down. Um, I love that you use that analogy because I think it really illustrates it. That uh, you, I think you're right. When people think of controls, they think of the negative thing. Uh, some people think of a control is the way I can catch my bad employees doing bad things or not performing. And, in fact, it's really the opposite. A control is the way you can give your good, trusted employees who want to do well the ability to see, to get feedback, to see how they're doing and continue to improve. It's about continuous improvement. The goal isn't to catch people. It's to help them improve on their own. Absolutely. Now that they're self-managing, I like the way that a control can also help a manager in the company, whether it's in the customer service area or in the sales area or the operations portion, and it can give her some good information on a regular basis that can help her to coach um, the team that's there and say, hey, Jack, I noticed over here that you got these results. That's wonderful. I noticed that this number's a little bit off here. Talk with me. What do you think's going on here? Now it becomes a way that I have some structure to help me as a manager be more successful, helping my team reach the goals that we've collectively set for ourselves. Sure, and, and not only that, but management styles are not all the same. 
So your way, just because you're the business owner or the CEO, your way is not the only way to manage people. And you have to allow, if you ever want to grow management, you have to allow them to experiment, to use their style, and to learn the way they manage people. Somebody managing a team of engineers may, in fact, manage them different than somebody managing a team of salespeople. So just because you manage people one way doesn't make it the most effective, but you have to give people uh, room uh, to, to grow and to explore without you telling them that's not the way you do it. No, that's not the way you do it, but this is the way that I do it. <laughs> Let's think about that as business owners. I think sometimes we, we really think that our way, because it's our way, must be the better way, and we don't give other people credit. I, and I, It's interesting. I was reading a social psychology experiment, Jeff, that talked about that we value, and they actually put a number to this. They gave some number, 30%, 40% more. We value an idea we come up with whether it's the exact same idea that someone else came up with in a control part, more than we value somebody else's. Isn't that interesting when you talk about management styles? It's interesting and dangerous, right, David, because it means that, that, it's an, uh, that we may not hear an even better idea that somebody else suggested in our company, and especially this is one that you talked about silly things management does. Here's one that, that always drives me nuts. When management believes that good ideas follow the hierarchy of the org chart, and the example was my <laughs> VP of sales uh, did not believe our receptionist who had a suggestion could possibly have a good idea until he heard it, uh, because he's a VP, she's the receptionist, there's lots of levels in between, so I believe he was discarding her, and then he heard the idea, and he came to me and said, that was brilliant. Well, he wasn't open to it until I forced him to meet with her. Now he's learned his lesson. Uh, good ideas don't file, follow hierarchy, and they don't necessarily come from the top people in the company. Wherever they come from, you need to be open to them. Absolutely. Now, coming up in the next segment, we're talking about this idea of how to engage your management team in leading. So it's not just you as a leader of a company, but you're actually scaling by growing and grooming your management team so that you as the business owner or CEO are building a winning management team and empowering that team to help your company successfully scale. I want to encourage all of you listening to register at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. There are all kinds of great tools on there, video-based trainings that Jeff and I have created over the last several years about scaling a company successfully, PDF tools that you can download and apply today to help you grow your company, and they're all available they're on ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. So we're going to be coming up here in the next segment about that. Jeff, it looks like we, they just added a three minutes to our time. I'm looking here at the, the clock. So we're going to go and, <laughs> and take that extra Wait, time David, here for a second. Uh, David, I want you to teach me that trick. <laughs> How is it Isn't you that can add cool? more minutes to a day? Show me that. You know, that's, forget the time mastery you know, strategies we share in Chapter 12 of the book. We're going to teach people how to make three minutes on demand. <laughs> I think that's I'm pretty cool. That one. Absolutely. Actually, I'm hearing that we're moving to a commercial break here right now in a second here, so I want to encourage all okay. of you listening again to get to ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. Looks like the clock's being a little bit funky with us. You're listening to David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman here on Scale Your Business Radio on WSRadio.com, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs> 